0: Yo, what's up? Welcome to Stronger Than You Think, a Ngahere Talks podcast. Stronger Than You Think is a South Auckland story about the come up of creators, innovators, and entrepreneurs building the Fano and the movement known as tukua
1: That's how long I've been on ya.
2: Episode three: Learn as you go, build as you fly. You're with Malta, Illinois, and Manawa Yudi from Nahere Communities. Bob, why don't you tell us about the early days of what we now know as Tukua? Tukua.
0: So when you know we went through all the challenges of going into this partnership, and then we got the the place open, Um, but one of the biggest like challenges that we faced in, in the early days of, of operating Hā and Ngahere communities was the fact that there was a real, there was a lot of expectation and there was a real broad remit that we were kind of expected to, to fulfil. So it was anything from, or everything from children in South Auckland learning the skills they needed for the future of work, mm. all the way through to these like you know, Māori and Pacific uh, tech unicorns that are starting up these billion-dollar tech companies <laughs> and everything in between. And I could definitely feel the pressure of that and also the... Like, on anything, it's really hard to be effective without being able to focus. Yeah. Um, and we were trying to make some... You know, well we're here to make an impact in communities of people that have had generations of, of you know, trauma and and hard, hard times upon them. So it, it's not a... It's not a short term fix that we're here to do, um, and that stuff can get pretty overwhelming yeah. if you if you let it t- if you let it, um, and it can also you can easily get caught up in just trying to plan and build a strategy on how you're going to fix the problem, um, but we just didn't have that luxury, like you know, like we said we were we were $50,000 in debt we had people's support to the tune of $40,000 we'd put our own money into this mm. like we had to get money coming through the door and we had to get moving we just didn't have a choice um so we really quickly ingrained in our culture this this attitude of um learning as you go do something reflect on it learn from it and make the changes that you need to ch- need to make and do that as rapidly as you can um and so it's been really cool. It's been really challenging at times to be able to lead a team in that way but it's been really cool because we've been able to just kind of like when you think back of what we've done in the two years, l- under two years that we've been open, it's yeah. pretty incredible the things that we've done, the things that we've learnt, the community that we've built, um, the connections that we have, things like that that whole journey and and when it comes to tukua I think that's been part of the beauty of it um, you know we had this uh, idea in our business model that we would always expect 10% of our revenue to not come in um, because we wanted to set that space aside for people to use the space that needed to yeah. but, but money was a barrier for them um, if we knew that being in an environment that we were creating was going to be good for them, for their business, for their families, we wanted them to come whether they had the money or not so we we made that it, that I guess plan from the outside, outset, but what that was going to look like was a whole other story, and so that kind of began the, began the journey for us, eh?
2: Yeah, totally, and I think um, <coughs> coming from Bob and Bob into Ngahere, we had such humble beginnings with Bob, like we literally started up with nothing. Mm. Um, then to come through to create Ngahere communities, and then suddenly, you know, we had a lot more on the line. We had other people's money, we mm. had included other people's assets into this. And so um, I think that we just did not have the luxury to sit back. Mm, exactly. And wait. We we just had to literally fly like like um, a baby bird being pushed out of its nest. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And that that's totally the picture that I get yeah. of, of us back at that time, you know. Mm. And I think one thing that we've always done and, and it has been a really natural – impartation into tukawa um, is reflecting. Mm. We've always reflected when we've gone through a process. We've always taken the time to reflect back on that process, the good, the bad, the ugly, and take away our learnings from that. And mm. so that has become quite a natural part of how tukawa runs.
0: Yeah, so let's have a chat to Joel about what, um, what it was like for him back in those early days and trying to set some of these real big Aspirational goals for for South Auckland. Those early days, AJL, eh, they were they were exciting, but they were also challenging. We had huge huge aspirations, and one of the results I think of having so many partners on board was that there were lots of different strategic plans we had to fit into. Um, what was it like for you or what do you remember about some of those early days around goal setting and making decisions and, and trying to keep everyone happy? I think I remember everything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I remember all the aspirations, yeah. all the um, shared vision that aligns to um, what we want to do in Teha. So you would have place making objectives from Panuku. You would have um, the ecosystem and innovation and entrepreneurship from ATed. And then you've got the um, STEM and social innovation from TSI, mm-hmm. and of course the own um, outcomes and um, dreams of um, Ngahere communities. And so we
0: all had to um, get the money to make it
1: work correct. and put food on the table. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So bring that all together, and that's that's the the bigness of the dream. Mm. And so we've got all these different ideas and projects and. Turning the ground floor into a makerspace, and mm. you've got um, different rooms that can be used either as um, um, meet, meeting spaces or some other uses. And mm. you've got the second floor, and you've got other ideas. So it's all—it's a big um, wish list. Mm. Um, we need—we needed to be totally flexible, at yeah. least on my part. Yeah. Looking into what I wanted the partner operator to do. Mm. And being strict about you just need to do this, follow X, Y, and Z, mm. do one, two, and three for all the wish lists to be um, done, mm. I guess. Um, it wasn't like that mm. in reality. Yeah. We needed to bend. We needed to um, look at different ways of doing things. it's what's,
0: uh, what's one of the times where you felt like you had to bend. Can you, can you tell that experience?
1: Sure. Um, so in the contract, um, we have um, an output of growing the um, innovation ecosystem mm. in South Auckland. And I was, my mind was narrowly focused on setting up the ground floor as a makerspace. Mm. And we have different deliverables in the contract on how to get there, mm. um, employing someone and then doing um, hackathons and doing meetups and um, setting up activations um, to get there so that was an idea I had in my head mm. um, it didn't necessarily happen because mm. there are different factors that impact that but also recognizing what's happening on the ground the reality yeah you yeah. needed to flex and bend um, and
0: I think the thing too that played into that was that essentially you needed – because we still had to make money, like we still had to generate an income. If we didn't have that pressure, I think it might have worked because we could have used the space differently and we could have just, you know, allow it to be open for people to have fun. But the reality is it was so dependent. That that was such a big part of the the success of the project was that that space could also get some revenue – that it was like, oh, it's really, really hard to try and achieve both of these things at the same time, mm. and for the longevity of the project, we're going to have to get money. So it, did, it, it mm. that's what I mean. That's how I saw it from my side, and so we started to to pivot that a bit. Yep. Like, did you how did you find that hard having to become more flexible and? Um,
1: initially, yes, because like I you? thought that I was right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, as I travelled the journey as well, um, with mm. with Ngahere, um. I, I um, learned to let go of those um, thinking that mm. I had in my head. So maybe it took me a couple of months um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then start, started to um, It's such a big part of it, though. Yeah, eh? It's a
0: big yeah. part of partnering and it's mm-hmm, a big part mm-hmm, of working in innovation. Mm-hmm. And you have to, it's such, we talk in one of these episodes about um, the self-development process that it is as well. And that you have to learn, you learn a lot about yourself Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. even how you respond to things like that and how much you're willing to partner Mm -hmm. and how much you're willing to back yourself and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it's not
1: easy, eh? The the reflection um, point for myself was um, how can I be more open to those opportunities and then find a way to support and help them Mm. by not telling them what to do? Mm. but by letting them do what they need to do and then supporting them from, from the side or from behind. So, uh, yeah, I, I remember Ray um, when he first approached me or had a conversation with him. It's not about gaming. Mm. It's about um, his previous um, company or venture, which is Orakura, mm. which is more <laughs> about mentoring and coaching through online um, videos and stuff. I really couldn't find an intersection with what I do mm. in TSI. But when I found out that he's an avid gamer himself, like uh, he he loves um, 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 playing games, um, I saw that there might be an opportunity there. Mm. Um. So for for me in my work in TSI, it's it's also about um, trying to seed those ideas mm. and letting it fly. Not controlling those ideas, but working with different partners, um, especially in our communities, because the, the gaming studio, mm. the gaming club would have not happened mm. if you would have if you didn't um, support him along the way or mm. nurture nurture his journey. Yeah, yeah. And it just it has just taken off. Yeah, um,
0: and that was how we got to a, like we started to learn and how it ties into Tukua that the role that we can play and the role that the space can play actually is not so much about the end user but it's about the ones that are working with those end users so it's not about the the children Mm. or the young people that are gaming it's about the entrepreneurs like Ray and how do we support him to thrive Um, and that's what's been an awesome journey and helped us like reflect and pivot and think actually this is where this is where Teha can make a difference Mm. because there's like we said, the spectrum was broad, mm-hmm. and we were trying to figure out mm-hmm. you know where do we really play in this sector and that really helped us start to find some find our feet mm-hmm. and go this is actually what's going to make yep. the most lasting difference yeah,
1: it's It's finding those bright spots isn't mm. it um, and um, keeping an eye out um, um, for them
0: you know we because we came into Tehar, knowing that we needed to make money off te haa, um as far as office spaces go in, in, in Monaco, you pretty much need to have either lawyers, um, accountants, government departments or education um, in order to make some money off office spaces around here because that's really what the the CBD is made up of and we had to decide, fairly early on, whether or not we wanted to go down that route and make sure we had enough money to pay yeah. for the expenses or whether we wanted to go down the impact-driven route and actually make an impact for our, our people. That was going to be longer term, less money, um, but actually the real reason why we were here. And we even said as Ngahire, like if if we were going to get pushed down this commercial route of making enough money to survive, yeah. but having to sell out and just bring in um, corporate... You know, yeah, then then we weren't keen. We, yeah. we would bow out. Um, so, so that was cool, and then we just had to make that work. So we chucked the invite out to a bunch of people that we knew and said, "You know, here's a here's a space here. Do you want to come and use it?" Um, there was real mixed mixed feedback. Some of them were keen, some of them not so yeah. keen. But we had a handful, maybe about five or six that, that came through and started using the space. And one of those people was Q, um, Q Iorangi. Q has his own startup called Ask Q I T based in Ōtara. Um He was one of the first guys to come in and use the space. Well, what was it like for you back in those days, brother?
3: For me, when you hit me up, I um, oh, just just thankful. Eh? Like I'm um, straight off the bat, it, it's so supportive, and and already feeding into the co-op that you sort of are setting out to do, which is supporting uh, different entrepreneurs from around South Auckland and stuff like that. So I was super lucky eh, to be hit up and be one of those first few. To be mm-hmm. honest, with <laughs> oh, I, I didn't cool. have a space my, space of my own, so um, you know, even just having simple, oh, like getting getting asked, I mean, super buzzy, yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: And then what and was super, it like? Can you thankful. remember
3: what it was like back then? Like It was, oh it was super quiet, man. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was hey? super quiet. Those initial days, I remember there were days there where it, it was just me. And, yeah. like, everyone else was around, it was, but there was hardly anyone. Um, yeah. And, and that was really, really cool. Um, so super quiet. Um, and it's amazing to see where you are now because it's, like, super busy, eh? <laughs>
0: Sometimes. Like uh, yeah. a normal. Yeah. No, nah, it doesn't growing. get
3: quite busy. I'm, oh, it's growing pretty good, man. But, um, yeah, those, those first few days, um, a lot of learning, me, I would say, like for everyone, um, especially for me, like, um, I was learning how the, how was the space going to work? And, and, and you were really cool because you were always hitting me up, like, Oh, is there anything you need? You know, what, you know, just asking me questions about what sort of support I needed. And, um, and really, you, I would say you probably would have done anything <laughs> to help, help us out, man, which is really, really cool. Remember that big paper out on the, I think it might have been second round, there. Eh? The big paper out on the table that was there for ages. And it was essentially like, what can we do for you all? And it was a massive, like, brainstorm that sat mm. up there for, like, a couple of – it was up there for a while on the table, eh? Yeah, it um, was. But I thought that was really cool because, like, like you say, and, and you mentioned it before, um, just trying to understand the customer. Um, um, it was part of that. But I think it was a bit more than that. I think, like, um, you know, you're really starting to put in place, like, I guess, some real solid foundations on developing a whānau more than anything. Mm, um, yeah. Like, yeah, we can do all the stuff to help, like, um, like understand our customer and all that sort of stuff. But I think that was really centred. I can't remember the questions off the top of my head, but it was more, like, whānau centred more than anything. Yeah, yeah, it was
0: kind of like around um, what do you want it to be like in here? Mm, um, and we were establishing some of the, like, like the tikanga, like, like
3: yeah see, Yeah,
4: see, and that's,
3: I mean, see, that's a bit more than, like, just understanding your customer. Like you, you use the word tikanga there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah. it's like we're developing a real, real sort of fano within it, eh? Well that's it's what deeper. I think anyway. All right. Yeah. yeah deeper, that's that's a better
4: word.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's been awesome to have you a part of the journey, Q. Um, and so Q along with a bunch of other people, um, started coming in to use the space. We weren't charging them. We were just trying to build the community. And we learnt heaps, eh? We learnt heaps off that first group of people.
2: Yeah. We were getting quite a bit of data analysis without us even realising it, you know. We were gathering a whole lot of insights, um, learning, knowledge, and that really helped develop the bones of... um, Yeah, what did we learn off that crew, Bob? I think that we learned of that crew, the importance and the value of community and networking. And um, also there was value in having a space that was not your home, mm. office. Um, and I think that having that space where they could work on their business, away from their business was really a key learning for us. So we, we started to see that, yes, this, is, this has got some value. This, this could gain some traction. We yeah, could I, be remember, onto something. I
0: remember hearing some of them say things like, um, you know, I'm, I'm a lot more productive here than I am at home. Mm. Um, I get to meet people here that I wouldn't normally meet. And more people hear about my idea just because I'm here and I, I come into contact with more people. Um, things like that. So that was really, really positive um, and gave us more, I guess, yeah, data and insights into what the future of this impact-driven piece of what we were doing would look like that became – that ended up becoming what we now know as Tukua.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the great thing with with as we started to develop these ideas and these bones that we had, we had some really cool. I mean, we were still fairly new, and um, we had some really cool support around us. And eighteen um, have been really great. We we from the get go, we had a couple of their team come and work out of the offices. Uh, Raf and Kathy, they were like two of our first full-time tenants mm. I think from 18, and they were just super pumped and super excited to get into the space and it'd be really cool I think to hear from Kathy.
5: Hi Kathy. Hi. <laughs> How are you? How's the lockdown going for you? Well the lockdown has been it, it's been completely full-on. We've had to find out what agile really means and basically the first two days were spent rejigging our whole process to speed it up mm. and now we're starting to automate parts of it. So we've actually gone to a true agile process which we never did before.
0: Awesome. Okay, <laughs> so reflecting back on some of those early days, what were some of the things that stood out to you, Kathy, back in those super early days of, of getting to Manako humming?
5: Um, a lot of it is just around the the ngatanga of the mm. whole place and everybody, the, the sense of being in it Together figuring it out together um, and finding that that purpose in the in the drive and kind of going from really broad to narrowing that that down yeah. and, and gaining more understanding with each step
0: yeah what was it like for you guys like when you were moving across from across the road over to here um, what was what was the most exciting part about that for you guys
5: I think the most exciting part was. Getting back into the real world instead of being in that bureaucratic council world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, were you actually excited? Yeah, you yeah, were. You totally, were really we were looking. pushing for it. For as soon as we heard it was there was going to be a space, we were pushing to be in it. Yeah, because we need to. You know, we all come from the real world. We need to be in the real world because that's where we work. Yeah, we don't work in the bureaucratic council world. Yeah, so. That's, that's where we needed to be and, it, I mean, it's proven to be the right place as well.
2: Mm. Did it shift the way you approached your work, like being able to be in a different space with different um, or more like-minded entrepreneurial people? Um, how did, like, did you change the way you worked or the way you approached them at all or have you since then? or
5: To... To some degree, I mean, starting, I was starting to feel a little bit institutionalised being in that council building, yeah, and kind of a level of formality that we, it was, it was like a barrier. So we had to actually break that barrier before we could have proper conversations with people. Yeah, right. Whereas moving in to to her, that wasn't there.
2: And you were a part of Tukua early on. Like, from the very beginning, I think, like, with even yeah. with the people that Bob mentioned, which we refer to as the OG crew, and then the next lot of people, and, and then all the people that have come along since. Um, mm. How do you, like, what was your perception of that back then, when you first, when we sort of first started to develop and then, and then run it?
5: Yeah. Open, I guess it opened my eyes to a whole new world in terms of all the stuff that's going on that's largely invisible, a lot of the creative that's going on, this, mm. um, you know, the the um, stuff that Terrell's doing and, and that kind of thing that yeah. um, just wasn't even on my radar. You yeah. know, that's a generational thing as well. It's like I'm not the target audience. <laughs> 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 so you know, just just becoming aware of, you know, this whole. I, I knew it, I kind of knew it was there, but I hadn't really seen it. Just this creative, interesting, exciting, energetic world yeah. that um, didn't have a – It had some places for expression but not a place to come together in, mm. in a physical way. I don't know, a lot of the businesses that I'd been working with up to then were quite traditional businesses. Most of our business owners were um, male and Pākehā. Mm. Um, and that—that's just the nature of the demographic of the type of businesses that we're working with. Mm. Yeah. Um. So a lot of them are manufacturing businesses and construction businesses and um, I know logistics businesses, those kind right. of things that that are centred in South Auckland. Mm. Um. So it was—it was really that, you know, there are all. Different types of businesses, and you know how what kind of support do they need? It's going to be different types of support. Yeah. So, really understanding how the offering that we have fits with that, mm. and to some degree it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So it's how do we adapt it to to make it work?
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, adapt. that's really cool, and it was cool. It was cool to see how much I, we've talked quite a bit about this about how. Um, it's great to the partnerships that we've been able to build and the support that we've had from people for the ideas that we've wanted to try. And mm. um, you and your team have been a huge part of that. Yeah, Just sure. kind of jumping on board with whatever our next idea is. You keen for some online shopping? Me too. You got to check out Corne, our marketplace for our Tero brands. Kind of like Kmart for our Tero products. Yeah. Check it out at nz. Like we talk about being lean, we talk about being agile, about these continuous – like the thing with agile is having these continuous loops of development Yeah. where you um, design something, you test it, you learn from it and then you adapt it and then you do it again, loop after loop after loop. Lean is about doing things with as as little waste as possible, like time wastage, money wastage – whatever kind of wastage goes into what you're doing, doing it lean is um, essentially coming up with the the most basic version of your idea and putting it out there and seeing how people engage with it um, and using that feedback loop to improve it. Um, so you don't have to kind of go all in on making things. Um, is crazy. And we'll, we'll share a cool story um, in a couple of episodes, I think, about how we actually went through this process of redesigning the whole layout of the space to fit better the types of people and the types of space usage that we were seeing people wanted to. Um, um, and that that ended up costing us about 20 grand and a whole bunch of grey hairs. <laughs> um, but it was one of the best and most memorable things we've done in the two years that we've been here. Um, but integrating that into, into what we were doing meant that we were learning insights all the time. Mm. And we also became a point Um, of contact for a lot of people, an entry point into South Auckland um, for a lot of people and we noticed how many people wanted access to our insights and access to our knowledge um, and we started to get quite frustrated because people were coming with this expectation that we would just freely give them away. Um, And we're never really about having to hold on to things for ourselves but it did become a little bit apparent that... um, yeah, that people weren't really valuing what we were having to go through in order to get these insights. Yeah,
2: um, I think too, you know, they, that we, we, I would say we're sharers definitely of mm. knowledge and sharers of insight, but we do get a little bit protective around the relationships yeah. with the people that come into our space that we've built. You know, we've spent time and energy into getting to know them as people... Mm. They trust us, and, and I think we've become quite protective around that um, in a positive way, like yeah. just just protecting what it is, people's, I guess, benefactor yeah. expectations.
0: Absolutely. And so some of the things we tested in those early days, like we had, back then we had Andy here, and Andy was program lead. Um and we had a, a service delivery contract with Auckland Council to run some programs within the space. Um, and even figuring out what that looked like and, and how we were going to manage that was, was tough in the early days. And we tried different partnerships. We tried different things like the Monaco Tech Meetup. We did things like Tech Week. Like we were running ourselves a little bit ragged, I think, trying to do all these different things, trying to engage schools and high schools and teachers and education and tech companies and like we had building some cool relationships with places like aut and mit and all of that um fast forward that to where we are now um barely any of that uh, features on our radar anymore Mm. and that was because we just learned through that whole process that uh, one we weren't really experts in it two we weren't super passionate about it as such other than what Andy brought to the team, and then three, we were just spreading ourselves too thin and mm. there was there were lots of other people in the community that, that wanted to do that, and there's a huge need. Um, other things that we were testing, like we were testing the use of the space, um, and we talk about this a little bit later on, but the ongoing question of what role does space play in, in imp- improving... Yeah or generating this community of thriving creatives, innovators and entrepreneurs. Um, and we learned real early on that it wasn't about office space, it wasn't about a place to come and work because um, there's lots of places you can do that, free Wi-Fi and get a good coffee at a cafe or at McDonald's yeah. or even at home, you know, so that that wasn't a big thing so we had to pivot that pretty quickly. Um, Engaged with a our, our much-loved a content creator who I reached out to, who was based here in like yeah. East Auckland, um, much loved content creator on both YouTube and Instagram, and you know just started to build a relationship with him, and we we would dream heaps about what a space like this could look like for creatives yeah. and and digital content creators and storytellers um, in South Auckland or in Aotearoa, and how we can get these kinds of stories on the map. And I feel like we still haven't cracked that yet, but we've learned heaps and heaps of insights around the yeah. needs of creative talent in Aotearoa so it's been a really really interesting journey and I think all of this feeds into um, how we now nurture I think support and build the people that are in tukua um, based on the insights that we've learnt and the things that we've seen. One of the real exciting journeys that we've been privileged to be part of is is Ray and Game Tan. Oh, yeah, they're amazing. Um, I love hearing his story. What's up, Ray? Like, from our perspective, it was cool to partner with someone like you because you're so um, keen and you're motivated and you're making stuff happen. Proactive. And and we can say, here's a space, and you're like, sweet, I'll fill it up and, and do some cool stuff here. If you can remember, I think that first time we had that jam in that room and Chris and Tyrone came out. And we were talking about, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I feel, first got to understand your business model and your vision, um, how we could break that down into how much funding you needed and then just to get started with game club. But
4: Yeah, yeah, I, I remember like, um, I remember like the boys telling me like, oh, um, have you met Manawa yet? And I said, oh, no, I, I've never met Manawa yet. And they said, oh, bro, you need to meet her. <laughs> so, you know, we, we all set up this meeting and then we finally met up. I wasn't sure what to expect, you know, I was just like, you know what, just, just go, you know. That's what you do. you Just go. Um, so I went and I met up with you, and it was awesome, you know. Like, um, like I was, I was still in the MySpace of like, uh, I don't know what what's going to happen and where this is going to go. But like, you know, you just hope for the best. We sat down and we started talking, and then what I felt was awesome was that you actually um, you actually had a pen and paper, and then you were like like what's your vision bro and you know I try to share the vision <laughs> with you and you're just writing it all down and you're saying oh yeah yeah okay well how much do you want to um, you know get paid and I was like, oh, shit, man, like, you know, I put like a number down and then you were like, nah, man, you need to get paid more than mm-hmm. that, you need to get paid more. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, all right, yeah, yeah, just put it down, just put it down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, and then after that, we, you put it together and then you said, hey, look, um, you know what, I want to reach out to some people and then we want to see how we can make this work. Um, and you said, um, you know, what about this, you know, would this room be a good space for you? I was just like, man, that'll be awesome. Yeah, I was like, in my head, I was thinking, ah, are you serious? Like, this is mean. <laughs> but then I, I didn't know how to react there to in person. I was just like, You just hmm. played
0: it cool, bro. You yeah. always play it cool. Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. I was <laughs> just like, yeah. It'll be suppose. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't really know how to react to that, eh? Because it was just like a, it was a huge thing for us. And then, um, yeah, I was, just, I was just keen as to like, I was, I was actually keen as deep down, you know, but yeah. And then um, from there we had some more meetings and um, and then you asked me to be a part of the two core group. Mm. And you said, hey, if you want to be a part of the two core group, you know, um, would you love to have that space downstairs? And when would you like to move in? And then I was like, oh my goodness. Like, yeah, is <laughs> it, man. Guys, I, I told my, I told my family, my friends were like, "Whoa, yeah, this <laughs> is <laughs> Yeah, and then everyone was so excited. Eh? They, said, "Oh, when are you gonna move in?" And then I said, um, "I'm try to move in ASAP." And yeah, dude, and um, that's how it came to be. And then we we got set up in the space, and didn't know how to use it. You know, it's one of those moments where you're like um you know what just do it and you'll figure it out yeah that's
0: all we ever yeah. do <laughs>
4: yeah yeah exactly
0: <laughs> and then what about game club what's been the journey because game club was about the same time eh well, i don't know how but i remember yeah. being like ray do you want to start a game club or or did you already have the idea yeah. and i was like just do it something like that
4: yeah i've Yeah, I wanted to start a game club, but I just didn't know how it was going to work, you know? Mm. Um, and then you brought up the idea of just like, Hey, why don't you do something here? Like every week or two weeks or something, just bring yourself, um, just bring your gear set up and, uh, bring everybody in and just go from there. And then I thought about it. I was like, man, this is going to be like a lot of hard work. This is the honest truth. I was like, bro, that's going to be a lot of hard work. We're not going to get paid. Um, but then, you know, we'll just, we'll just do it and see where it goes. Yeah. Same <laughs> thing, you know, just do it. So then, um, yeah, we started setting up. We didn't really know what was going to happen, but as soon as we started setting it up, then we started getting ideas, you know, mm. and then our vision started to change. Like at first we were about gaming, creating tournaments. And then we figured, man, like, why don't uh, we teach these kids while they're here? You know, it mm. just started slowly, it slowly started coming together. Um, we set it up, we set up like a couple of, Uh, Our first few Uh, We did it And then it was just gaming You know There was no structure to it And that's when we were like You know what Let's add some structure to it man Like let's make it A cool activity Sort of thing You know A cool program And then bit by bit We just started adding stuff We started taking stuff away You know And and just You know Trial and error Mm -hmm. Until we got to a stage Where we were like Man this is This is cool And at first like For the whole like time we were there last year it was all done for free you know it was Mm -hmm. all done for free so we just we just kept running it kept running it for the community because you know all the kids are happy we love it the kids are happy we're happy and then uh we got a mean opportunity to um from a funder to get it funded Mm. and i was just like man what a miracle this is all within the space of like within
0: Six months, like
4: I think seven months. Yeah, yeah uh, six, six, seven six, seven months. months yeah. yeah, yeah. And then we got our first um, massive um, funding contract, and it was all within that time. At the end of the year, we got it. And we're just like, yeah, we've only just started doing this for like less than a year, and already we're making massive waves. You know, yeah. like massive steps. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just all through being with the program and being with a group, like. Kukua and Maori communities.
0: Yeah. So
4: yeah, we what, truly how, appreciate everything there. Yeah.
0: And we love working with you too, bro. Love, love the mahi that you do. Oh, what part? Like, how big of a portion of Game Ten is revolves around that game club?
4: Uh, right now, it's huge. Um, probably about, I'd say eighty percent. Mm,
0: that is huge. Yeah, eh? it is big. That's pretty that's cool huge, though, yeah. that's cool to see how that, and like it was just like you said, it was just a journey that you went on to mm. discover what was actually needed, um, and everything fell into place, eh?
4: Yeah, everything fell into place, like like you said, we had no idea, because this is the first time anyone has done like, sort of like the sort of gaming approach to it, where it's like gaming, education, and just a whole mix of other things. And, yeah, and just being with the group help us realise, like, the value in what we do and where we can take it.
0: Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, Tuku has been an exciting journey um, of just getting going, um, building as you fly, get started with what you have, yeah. try things out, reflect and pivot, do it as fast as you can and don't get stuck, so... That's us for um, episode three. It's been awesome yeah. reflecting on this. So we'll be back in episode four where we start to break down people versus programs.
2: Ooh, I love it. I
0: love it too. Peace out, people. Peace out. Catch you next time. Let's go. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. We just want to give a quick shout out to the Arkina Foundation and the Impact Initiative for helping make this podcast happen. Check them out at akina.org.nz or theimpactinitiative.org.nz. Also, you can reach out to us at Ngahiri Communities. you find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, LinkedIn, Spotify, anywhere. Just check us out. Catch you soon.